grab your pre-workout and turn up that volume. It is time for a new episode of the Powerlifters Den with your host, Cam Smith. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Powerlifters Den. I'm your host, Cam Smith, and today I want to bring on someone I met uh, a couple months ago. Um, Connor, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so uh, my name's Connor Boyle. Um, live in Ware, New Hampshire, train out of Concord, New Hampshire, um, and I'm a multi-ply guy. So thanks for having me on. No problem. So uh, I guess to start off, let's talk about um, maybe where you where you train at and where you kind of grew up training. Sure. So um, right now I train at Anchor uh, Athletics and Strength in Concord, New Hampshire. Um, and uh, it's an awesome powerlifting, powerlifting gym, uh, everything, you know, everything you need. Um, and uh, prior to that, I was training at a place called Brian's One to One Fitness. Uh, I've been to commercial gyms, Plant Fitness, you know, the whole thing. Um, I really got into powerlifting uh, fairly recently, probably three or four years ago. Um, but I've been in the gym since I was 18, and I'll be 40 in three weeks. So going on 22 years of in the gym. Um, not doing everything right, certainly, but uh, I managed to not get too hurt doing things the wrong way, which I think has helped me and um you know building up strength in in odd ways helped me in powerlifting um grew up in littleton new hampshire which is uh closer to montreal than it is to boston so i was up there um and um you know played every sport that we all did you know baseball soccer basketball played rugby in college um but really got into the gym after uh graduating high school and i've stuck with it uh through different phases of my life. So, um, but yeah, powerlifting's uh, where it's at right now for me and Anchor's where I'm training right now. Awesome. So when did you, uh, when was your first competition and was it, what did you go straight into gear or? First comp was uh, February, 2021. And it was uh, Rami, it was, I mean, it didn't go great. I was, I think five for nine, I didn't PR anything. But uh, it was a well-run meet. Uh, Jamie Mata ran it out of yeah, out of his gym in Fairhaven, uh, Vermont. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, I was doing the three main lifts anyway. I um, and got got connected with a group of guys at a commercial gym I was going to, <laughs> who uh, were really into it. I mean, they had their. I mean. Uh, they've never been to West Side. I don't know if they've ever been to Ohio, but they had their West Side hoodies on, and they had these bands and all this shit. And you know, one of them's like getting into briefs that I'm not sure would fit a Cabbage Patch doll, and there's this 280 pound guy squeezing into it. I'm like, this is wild. Uh, and then the weights that were flying around were pretty cool. Um, nothing, honestly, like n- not tremendously impressive stuff compared to you know what you you know what we see. Um, in major powerlifting gyms, but for a commercial gym, someone's going six, seven hundred pounds. It's like holy shit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was I was bit by it then. Um, but yeah, first meet was raw, and went not that great. Um, it was fine though. Uh, and then uh, did a deadlift. Oh no, then I did a push pull uh, in multi ply. Then I did deadlift only in multi ply, and then everything else was done full power. Uh, maybe a push. I guess a push pull stuck in there at one point but yeah so one run then ready to gear 
That's funny. So February of 2021 was actually when I did my first full power meet too. So oh, is that right? Yeah. So um, I'm kind of obviously still sticking with the raw, but um, I just one of my friends just gave me a, a bed share. I think it's a Titan Fury, so I'm gonna be fucking around with that a little bit. <laughs> I got I got I I got more briefs than Inzer. Like I I got I got something I'll fit you. All right. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I kind of, like I said, I want to get experimenting in. I also want to be able to use it as like a tool to overload. I think that's a, can be an important not a bad tool. idea. Right now I'm in a double ply to overload a little bit and a double ply, uh, dark side slingshot. Uh, sling, it's basically a slingshot, but it's pretty powerful and, uh, getting my bench cause my bench has been a problem for close to a, well, not a year, but you know, eight or nine months anyway. So that's giving my top end, um, it's just my wrists and forearms getting used to getting back into the fives. Um, you know, you were at, you were at my meet, the meet at a uh, hellbent. Um, you know, I topped out at 385 in a shirt. I was benching that I was benching more than that raw, you know, before my shoulder got screwed up. Um, so getting back into holding fives in my wrists and my hands is feeling pretty good. So the, yeah, it's a good, I, I think that's a valuable tool to overload stuff. And something, a huge weak point of mine is also my bench. So I think being able to hold that extra weight in your hands, like, uh, I mean, a lot of the AR I've been using, like, from bands and chains and just, like, a lot of the board work, I'm getting really comfortable with holding over 400. So I'm hoping, like, that'll be my next bench in the meet. Like, I, it, it translates. I, I, I don't know how, it, you know, some people, some people say that AR and stuff like that doesn't work for, for raw guys, but, uh, our central nervous system, you know, our wrists and forearms, and they don't know if you have a shirt on, you know, but like your, 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 your bones, your central nervous system has to get used to carrying that weight. Yeah. I'm a big believer in that. Um, and that's a good way to do it. Yeah. So uh, I, I know you're kind of coming up on the, the meet in May. You want to tell us a little bit about your plans for that? Maybe some goals you have set? Yeah. Uh, showdown of the storm down in uh, Florida are really, really stacked lineup. I mean, I, I, I definitely have the smallest total uh, of, of the men. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lightweight. I mean, you know, 220, So it was probably gonna be the lowest anyway, but just being, just being there, like, you know, lifted on the same platform as a lot of those guys is gonna be awesome. Um, uh, training's going well. Uh, Mike Skiba is coaching me and programming uh, for me and it's going really well. Um, really, really digging that. Um, and you know, as far as goals go, I mean, you know, the cliche thing is to one pound PR, right. You know, and, that, and that's sort of true, but I, I mean, I want, I mean, I got, I'm, that's not really my goal. If I walk out of there, on the one hand, if I don't bomb out, I'll be pumped. You know, that that's, that's kind of how it goes. Right. It's yeah. like, I'll go through like, there's no way I'm not going to total 2,500. <laughs> and then, then two hours later, it's like, man, I don't think I'm going to get a squat. Yeah. I better open five. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but realistically, I think I can have a pretty good day squatting. I think I can have, um, for me, uh, get, get back to a real bench. Um, and my pole's always been my best lift. Uh, it's been feeling really good. Um, but I think, you know, if I can squat you know, low mid nines. I mean, that's a huge PR for me, but I, I, I know I have it in me. Um, you know, and I was, I was handling fives on the bench, uh, before my shoulder kind of set me back, but we sorted that out. So if I can go low mid nines, um, 
low fives and then high sevens, low eight, then I'll be, I'll be happy. Um, you know, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a nine for nine. And who knows? Um, Skeep has done is, you know, he has a lot of ideas for fixing, you know, fixing my bench, um, that I think will work. So maybe I'll throw up 600, but realistically, um, you know, hopefully somewhere in the, hopefully somewhere in the fives, um, you know, he's tweaked my squat. Um, and that's translating really well. Um, and the pull, you know, I feel, feel good about that. It's just a matter of just, just staying at it. Yeah. So, so I know yeah. for the, the meet, uh, in December, you've made the cut to 198. Uh, is that something you plan on doing again, or are you going to officially go to 220? No, I'll cut to 198. That's the plan. Um, I felt really good there. I felt really strong. Um, and it didn't, uh, you know, le leverage, if you gain weight, your squat will go up. If you gain weight, your bench will go up. If you gain weight, your deadlift might not go up. Yep. It might go backwards. Yep. Um, and, but also if you lose weight, your deadlift could go backwards. Um, so for me, I, I was unintentionally, uh, losing a little bit of weight. And I think it was because of my shoulder. Um, I just could, I, I couldn't get in all the upper work that I usually could. So I just, I mean, I lost a little bit, not a lot, but I lost like three or four pounds. And then, um, <coughs> excuse me. Then I went down to evolve to squat with, uh, uh, Rupo and, um, I woke up at two fourteen, and I was like, damn, you know, my briefs were really loose. Um, and I squatted in the, you know, like mid high eights. I'm like, all right, well, if I can do this after driving, you know, two hours, I, I, I spotted and loaded a meet the day before. So I was like, you know, I was pretty banged up, pretty light and I squatted pretty well. So I'm like, all right. So between that and my shoulder, basically completely compromising my bench. I'm like, well, how about, you know, I'm, I was, I was thrilled to get the invite and I was pumped to do it. Um, but I knew my shoulder wasn't, wasn't going to cooperate to get me a 500 pound bench. So I'm like, well, you know, if there's ever a time to try the cut, you know, there's, I'm not, I'm not breaking any world. I'm not breaking any records with my shoulder the way it is. So let's do it. Let's see what happens. Um, and I hired Derek Wilcox, um, who I mean, this is what he does. He's a, he's a, di a dietitian, diet coach, cut coach. Uh, he's the lightest guy I ever squat a thousand. Um, he coached me through it and I cut down from uh, about 220 to 198 and it was an experience um, and I had no no expectations really for how it would perform with that big of a cut um, having never done a cut other than like skipping breakfast I, I've, I've never even tried to you know I weighed in at WPO semifinals at 222 you know and one of the one of the people there with me She's like, do you just want to like, I don't know, like take a shit and like weigh in at 220? I'm like, nah, I don't really care. 220, that's fine. 240, you know. Yeah. Um, so this was the first time I really tried anything like that. And it worked well. I didn't feel weak. Yeah. I, uh, my deadlift actually felt great. Um, I felt really mobile. Um, and squat felt good. I did miss my second squat on depth, but it wasn't a power thing. I just, you know, I jumped the call um, and went up. I shouldn't have, but it wasn't, it's not like I got crushed. I came back and got it easy and yep. um so i'll probably i'll make the cut again i think yeah i mean i just remember seeing the the photo of the the death face you had when you were cutting um but i guess it, <laughs> more into the actual like water cut itself um 
kind of when is like the the like what's the period of time that you actually start dropping the weight so i started let's see so weigh-ins were on a friday so i started um water loading on the the sunday leading up to it with uh three gallons of water a day salted water um, i salt my water anyway um but not as heavily as i was doing salting uh sea salt um it's literally just pouring sea salt into a gallon i mean it's it's kind of gross but um i don't i don't mind it that much um so three gallons of that uh, a day for i believe three sunday monday tuesday yeah wednesday was uh just a gallon one gallon of distilled water and then thursday because i was still a little heavy was just a complete uh dry fast so from i finished the the gallon of distilled water wednesday around 11 a.m and i didn't there was no no more liquid until after weigh-ins friday oh my god um yeah yeah i haven't I, you know and i'm doing everything else like i haven't i haven't like packed a lip in like 10 years but i went to this i got one of the gas station got like three tins of skull and just spit on the way down <laughs> trying to lose that extra little bit and then um yeah that was still a little heavy uh like a, a two or three pounds heavy uh friday morning so spent 80 minutes total in a sauna um 30 minutes the first round and then uh 10 or 15 minutes after that to sweat the rest out that and, and then I, I i got out the last time and yeah i took my skeletor picture and i uh i texted after weigh-ins and after i got an IV, like they did my blood pressure and all, you know i was great i was feeling good so i texted my wife i'm like so i'm healthy i'm fine blood pressure is good i made weight do you want to see the picture right before our way in? Yeah. She's like, yeah, she's, she's just like, she's like, Jesus, dude. Like, man. Yeah. That didn't, yeah. So it was, uh, it was an experience, but one, I'll, I'll do it again. I'm going to try to diet down a little bit more so I don't have to cut 22 pounds. So I'll probably keep it closer to 15. Yeah. But yeah, that's the plan. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I, I did wrestling in college and in high school. So kind of doing that weight cut. I mean, I've seen people cutting these crazy amounts of weights to make weight. But for me, I never really, I did one serious cut and it was 20 pounds in two days and I looked absolutely sickly and it was just a lot of sweating. I didn't know about water loading and I feel like a lot of wrestlers actually don't know about water loading, which, yeah. but it, it is crazy just to see. So how, you sweat, you sweat out 20 pounds in two days. Yeah. I remember it was Friday at noon. We did like a little practice in between classes and I was two two twenty on the dot and I had to make 197. So I think by like 6 p.m. that night, I was down to like 2.04, and then I slept the rest off. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That sounds worse than what I did. That sounds worse. <laughs> but Derek was great. Like, if anyone's listening to this and contemplating a, wake, uh, a water cut, um, hire Derek Wilcox. He's the man. Um, he, uh, yeah, he walked me through everything. He's really, he was really responsive, really helpful. And not just the water portion, uh, not just the sweating portion, but the food, the food portion as well. So, um, yeah, I, what you did, it sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, probably, I, what I did was kind of crazy, but, but that two days, 20 pounds in two days. Probably crazy. wasn't healthy, but I mean. Oh, not, this is powerlifting, man. None of this is healthy. That's fair enough. I, I guess, um, kind of at what point would you say, like, if you're a 10 over, do you think it's worth doing like the water cut? Like what? 
what kind of what's like the tipping point for deciding you should do a water cut versus just like not eating dinner that night um well uh i would say an aggressive cut is 10 percent body weight so i was i was sitting 218 220 Ten percent of two eighteen was going to do it, mm-hmm. um, so that's so I went for it. But if I was sitting two twenty, if I was even two twenty two, I don't think I would have done it. Yeah. Um, and that'll be my, you know, that'll probably be the rule of thumb I go by. If I'm within ten percent, if ten, if losing ten percent gets me to wait, I'll do that. And that's ten percent's an aggressive one though. Like that's not an easy one. Um, uh, I mean, I, listen to me. Like, like I'm some expert. I've done this one time. Um, but I did my research and Derek was a tremendous resource. So, um, I would say, you know, in all the forums and all the articles online, will tell you the same thing. Um, uh, 10% is probably as aggressive as you want to go. Um, at least your first cut. I mean, I know, like, I've heard stories about guys out of West side who, whose like girlfriends and wives were like, like literally pulling them out of hot tubs. They were passed out sweating. Um, they made weight and then they go break world records. So yeah. like anything's possible, <laughs> but I think, I think a good, I don't know, I think 10% is a pretty clean round number that makes sense. And it did for me. Yeah. Cause for me right now, I'm sitting at about like 250. And I think for me, the tipping point from going to 275 versus cutting down to 242 would be around the 260 mark. So yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and I think that would be a fairly reasonable cut. Like, I don't think you'd have to, do a dry fast and just smash your face full of skull like I did. Although completely dehydrated. Oh, the buzz is crazy. Yep. That was a buzz. <laughs> I'm driving down to Connecticut. I'm like, whoa, all right. Yeah. Uh, nicotine's a cutter's best friend. Like that's, yeah. it curves your appetite, keeps you going. And yeah, the, yeah, it, it worked. It's kind of like after a football game, you throw in a, a lippers and like you're dehydrated as hell. So you're buzzing like crazy on the road. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. For sure. So I guess um, more into what got you into multiply. I know you did your first meet raw. Um, how long after that until you hopped into a multiply meet? Um, it was, it was all, I mean, well, again, it was a, it was a push pull. Um, and I would say, well, I don't know, benching in a shirt depends on how you look at it. So I bet some would say, benching in a shirt is harder than squatting in a suit or and some people would say the opposite um i i, I think squatting in a suit take like it's just a tremendous amount of weight yeah like it's, it's a lot of weight and a lot can go wrong it's over your head if you suck at lifting and you throw a shirt on you're not going to be benching 700 pounds so i threw a shirt on and bench like 400 or something like that yeah so it wasn't it wasn't difficult it wasn't dangerous um uh that was like three months later and the idea and i always wanted to get into multiply i uh from west side versus the world from the dock like it, that was it was pretty clear and um hoff it, or somewhere in the dock says uh i'm not here to have the biggest raw squat i'm have, here to have the biggest squat yeah so i'm like sick that's cool like that's i'm, I'm here for that mm-hmm. and um you know I've, I, I can deadlift pretty good raw um actually my actually relatively speak like bench you know my shirted bench sucks and my raw bench is fine i would say and i've been asked like well why even just compete raw 
You're like, how much more do you need out of a shirt to put the shirt on? Like one pound. Yeah. That's where one pound. Like if I if I can pull one more pound in briefs and straps, I'll put on briefs and straps because it's more. If yeah. I can squat one more pound, I'll put on the suit. If I can bench one more pound. So, um, so I got right into it. Um, and uh, so I did the push pull. Then later that year, I did deadlift only. And then I did um, the following year, so 2022. Uh, I think three full power meets um, and a deadlift only. And then, uh, yeah, I was off and running that. I mean, I, this isn't a, you know, this isn't, it's not like I started 10 years ago. It's all pretty recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the progression. And I, and I knew it was going to be multiply. Um, I just, I didn't know how to use any of it. And I wanted to do a meet just to see how it would go. And my mentality was, well, if this, if I go out, if I, you know, the raw meet I did, I'm like, well, if this is my best ever meet, it means I quit the sport, so this doesn't matter. And if it's not my best meet ever, well, it also doesn't matter. Yeah. So just, you know, that'd be my recommendation to anyone thinking about it. Just do it. Just do it. Because your first meet won't be your best meet unless you quit. And if you quit, it never mattered to begin with. Exactly. So. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, I guess from my perspective, I definitely didn't think you just started competing in 2021. I mean, you look great in your squat suit like you look experienced in your squat suit i know you had the bench injury so i didn't really have high expectations for the bench but i mean you still you still got it you got in the meat so that's a big thing and then your deadlift is pretty technically sound too yeah it's um i have good leverages for the deadlifts um you know it's yeah i i i feel like i'm pretty strong in there too i feel like i have a pretty strong back strong hamstrings but um i'm i'm built i'm built to leverage it um, I'm, I'm pretty good at leveraging the straps, um, but you know, I've been an athlete my whole life. So have you, so, you know, just a different sport, you know, and I appreciate you saying that, but yeah, no, pretty new to it. I've been lucky to be able to train, uh, alongside some really great squatters and Anthony about Val Oliveira. They, um, they own the gym I train at, um, uh, actually, well, we split rent cause I run my nonprofit out of there. I know we'll talk about that a little later. Yep. Um, so that, that helps, that helps speed things up. If I was, you know, without that, I wouldn't be, my squad is anything to write home about. It's getting better. Um, but they were, they were, you know, uh, basically everything I have from my squat is from them and, uh, working with Mike now, Mike Skiba now, like the things that I am off on, he's, he's identified and that he's, you know, he's dialing it in even more. And to like taking it to that next level. So I've had, I've had really, I've been really fortunate to train with and for some pretty, pretty established skilled lifters. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people are starting to come under uh, Mike's wing. I'm planning to have him on at some point. And um, I guess kind of what made you kind of choose him or kind of what are some of the, the biggest things that you've like learned from him so far? Yeah. So um, as far as like deciding to just like, jump on that train um uh john rufo's lifts have exploded yeah. I and mean, he's a monster now. he's always been good um but now he's like okay like you know like people stop and watch him squat yeah like that's you know and his pull's always been good he's a he's just bulldog strong when it comes to that but his squat's getting way more technically sound exploded um and uh so, you know, and, and John and I are pretty close. So talking to him about it and um, I was kind of, I was looking for 
the new programming anyway. I've been programming myself for the last, I don't know, six or seven months. And that worked. I knew that I can do that in the short term, no problem, especially in the meat prep. And I was I was preparing for the for WPO super finals. Um, and I knew I could basically it's just like hit the gas. Like I I, I know I know how to do those last eight to 12 weeks yeah. it's the other 40 45 weeks a year that i'll become undisciplined so i knew i'm like all right i'm just gonna i'm gonna ride this well my shoulder like set back with my shoulder um couldn't i couldn't bench 135 so you know i i messaged wayne at wpo and was like listen my shoulder's fucked um i could throw on a size like 70 sdp and maybe bench the bar but like um that seems stupid so he found a replacement um and then hellbent was i think four or five weeks after that so that was a very a very extended um prep i guess if you want to call it that and i was fine doing that myself but i knew i couldn't i know i couldn't do the rest myself um and i needed someone to look at my lifts like i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna learn how to squat new yeah in, in a month leading up to Hellbent, so I'm like, we're just, we're just, we're just doing this. Um, but between Rupo, meeting Mike, and uh, you know, getting on a little bit, just, just an awesome dude. Um, and his lifters are bananas. Like he, he has a bunch of guys squatting a thousand um, and benching a ton, pulling a ton. So yeah, getting to know him, uh, doing the Hellbent meet. Uh, John's numbers just blowing up. Um, it was a pretty easy choice and. So far, as far as like what I've learned, um, you know, just uh, basically I've, I've been squatting basically just by like pirouetting down. Like there's no break, like I don't break back at all. I haven't been. Um, and so he's, you know, he, it's funny how a hundred people can tell you a hundred different ways to how to incorporate a cue, yep. whether it's arching or keeping your chest up or whatever, knees out, you know, and then whatever is ed Cohn, like you know open up the taint or like whatever um he 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 cued me a few different ways to break it break at the hips and sit back during the squat that it just you know i'm like oh yeah. okay that makes sense um so i mean that's been big he's he's really he's paying he's paying real close attention to my bench you know down to like you know where the fold and the collar is going to be and all this stuff so um and uh it's been it's been great it's been great so far yeah that's awesome um so you use an sdp correct yeah so. yeah i've uh that's pretty much that's all i've i've tried different things i'm in the sdp now and i like it it's easy i mean i'm i'm not that technically skilled yet i'm still i'm figuring it out and it's a pretty user-friendly shirt i tried rudy um make me an overkill it probably fit perfectly it probably was a perfect shirt but i get in and i'm like nah you know i tried it like three times i'm like i can't i can't this is impossible if i had one now it would be a probably different story and i've tried a few uh single ply shirts that i liked i really liked the rage x um but the sdp is just so user friendly um we'll see you know i haven't benched with mike in person yet We'll see what he thinks, but yeah, the SDP is where I'm at right now. Yeah, so I, I notice a lot of people. I feel like everyone has an SDP. Um, do you know, I guess, why it's more user friendly? Like, what are some of the things about it that makes it so popular? It's forgiving. Um, it stretches well. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, let me rephrase that. It um, 
yeah maybe that yeah it, it's it stretches a little bit better um at no point does it feel like if this if this is the collar um in my overkill it felt like this was going to saw right through me it doesn't feel the scp doesn't feel that way it just kind of it, it will keep giving mm -hmm. um the break-in period is almost non-existent like i i got a um i've been in a double ply i got a triple ply that i really like um i haven't put i haven't trained much in the triple ply i haven't had it on since um i don't know probably well, i only put it on one time but that one time i did put it on I was able to get it down to a one board on the first day I had it. I could have, if my shoulder was better, I would have been able to touch something for sure. Um, it's just a really user-friendly shirt. The downside is that they wear out quick. Um, I don't, it doesn't seem just anecdotally from what other people have said and in my own experience, I think you probably have, you only have so many reps in that thing before it's, it's, it's no longer, you know, it's not really a, bench shirt anymore it's just a weird shirt with a weird <laughs> collar um uh i think probably the other stuff the, the overkill and uh the katana like those probably have a longer shelf life um but as far as if you're just getting into the sport someone's just getting into the sport an sdp is the way to go because it's really user friendly and people bench a ton with an sdp don't get, and it's not like it's a fake shirt. I mean, people yeah. are still benching six, seven, eight, nine hundred pounds in an SDP. I mean, Bob used I think Hoff, I think Hoff is still in an SDP. <laughs> I think it's, you know, so and he bench he can bench a thousand pounds in an SDP. So it's not like it's a it's a good shirt, um, but it's just user friendly. Yeah. So I guess we can start diving into uh, Iron Helix a little bit. Um, sure. Kind of give me a background on what that is and kind of maybe some of the goals you originally had and some of the goals for this year. Yeah. So Iron Helix is a uh, non nonprofit fitness strength and fitness concept benefiting the New Hampshire recovery community right now New Hampshire is where we are we, we you know we have one location that we're working out of um, and you know recovery substance abuse recovery uh, New Hampshire and West Virginia seem to battle back and forth on what where the uh, the um, the epicenter of the opioid epidemic is uh, per capita us new hampshire and west virginia have the most overdoses every year and it's been it's been that way for a long time um it's uh it's not good it's not good and i and opiates are never my thing i never never even i've never tried one which is good because if i did i'd be dead i would have died of a fentanyl overdose a long time ago um uh i uh i'm a, i'm in recovery from you know alcohol uh um it was yeah, it was a real problem for me it started uh i don't know probably just out of law school um when i was around 25 and for and it just escalated seven eight years and you know when i describe my consumption of people you know almost don't believe me um the amount i was drinking it was you know it was around the clock you know 60 to 70 drinks a day um yeah no it wasn't good it wasn't good um i went to rehab a couple times withdraw seizures um uh, after my first rehab stint i still wasn't done but i just i couldn't fit enough whiskey or vodka in me um so i started drinking listerine like bottles of bottles and bottles of listerine a day um and i'm not this wasn't a scenario where it's midnight and the liquor store is closed and i need something so i go to 
you know, Cumberland Farms to get right to get uh to get Listerine. This is this is like noon on a Saturday and the liquor store is next to the Rite Aid. I'm going into Rite Aid and spending eight times as much money on Listerine as I would on vodka. Um, so it was not good. Um, and it was all, you know, I, people, if, if, if ever, if someone knew the answer to what addiction is, it would, it would have been solved. Mm -hmm. If it was genetic or biological, uh, someone would have identified something and there would be a pill or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's complicated and there's layers to it. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, it's self-medication for an internal struggle that has nothing to do with my biology is not it was it's not an allergy for in my opinion it's not an allergy um it runs in families but not not because of your genes it runs in families like being a patriots fan runs in families yeah yeah everyone in the family is a patriots fan yeah because you all grew up in the same house mm -hmm. and your dad and you know my, i'm not speaking my dad's not an alcoholic but like you know for those people who they're an alcoholic and their dad was an alcoholic the grandfather blah 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 you know well yeah you're alcoholics because you all grew up the same way and you um, deal with struggle the same way and you um, relate and connect and, you know, uh, build in you're in the same community. So I think it runs that way. But um, anyway, I digress. Um, when I got out of rehab the second time, it was 2017 and uh, or 18, 17, 17 or 18. And um, uh, I quit. Uh, I stopped practicing law. I've been a corporate attorney, um, primarily out of Boston for nine years prior to that. And, uh, it was a wilderness treatment program. So we were in the woods for 45 days or we were, I was there at the program for 45 days and we were in the woods backpacking, setting up camp, 70, 80 pound backpacks. Cause we have to carry all our food, all our tents, all the stuff, all the communal stuff. Um, we were in the woods for 39 days. I got out and, uh, you know, basically had an epiphany while I was there. And I was like, this lawyer thing is not it. This is not, I mean, maybe we'll be someday again, but you know, I got into the law for, uh, the, the wrong reasons, a lot of fabricated external expectations of people, you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, I have to be a lawyer or a doctor because everyone expects so much of me. Really. That's just a warped narcissism. If, you know, assuming that all these people, if I don't do what they expect, they're going to be let down. No one really gives a shit what I'm doing. No one gives a shit what anybody's doing. My family loves me. My circle loves me, but they don't, I don't care if I'm an astronaut or a janitor, right? Yeah. But me in my head, I'm like, no, I, I, all my friends, I have all these things. No, I don't give a shit. It's just me thinking everyone else's world revolves around me, which is preposterous. Um, so, you know, once, you know, once those, um, you know, misgivings, misperceptions uh, dissipated. I was, I realized like community and, you know, building community was really important. Being part of a sober community was really important for me while I was in rehab. And uh, I decided to get, start working in recovery. So I, I worked at a sober house for a year and went out west of Montana to work in a wilderness treatment program for a season in the winter and being out in the montana december january weather for 16 days and you know just camping and you know, it was cold and brutal and it was pretty awesome though um so i did that came back worked at another pr uh, program and when COVID hit um there's a number of reasons why but it just so happened to be when COVID hit i started my own um program it, it initially was a hiking program getting people into the woods 
um, but I found that I couldn't uh, connect with as many people as I wanted to because, um, I mean, these, these are long days. It's an hour of the mountain and then you're hiking for three hours and it's an hour home. And I'm not going to get six, seven, 10, 15 people all at the same time to go do that. Yeah. So the, the audience wasn't large enough. So the universe wasn't large enough for me to really create the community I wanted. And hiking was a big passion of mine. But the other big passion of mine, which, like I said earlier, started when I was 18, was being in the gym. Yeah. Um, and I had already got into powerlifting. Um, and I had learned and seen, like, what sort of a community you can build through powerlifting specifically, but more generally strength training. Um, I can't run the hooks on a mono for myself. I can't hand myself out that like you know if i want to max out my bench i can't hand my i can't i can't hand it out i can't in a shirt yeah i can't hand, i can't I don't know if i can grab the get the bar get the you know bare bar out to myself in a shirt yeah um you need a team and you're all working towards the same goal but it's a very individual sport and i there's a lot of parallels with recovery there like it takes community it takes a team but it very much is an individualized sport because you're the only one deciding whether you're going to have that drink or not. You're the only one decide whether you're going to have that belt or, you know, take that line or whatever. Um, so uh, that's when I started Iron Helix. That was about two years ago. And um, it's free strength training and gym time for the recovery community. And I have some sober houses that come in, some individual clients that come in. And we're, you know, we're trying to grow. Um, it's going really well. Uh, I started with one guy two years ago and about a month ago on a Saturday, Saturdays and Tuesdays are my big days. And on a Saturday, I had 15 guys in there at once. I say guys, they were all guys. Um, some women do come in, but it's mostly guys who are doing this right now. It's like, you know, the more the merrier, yeah. um, but it's mostly guys. And uh, it's, it's going really well. Um, right now, like I said, before I share space with, uh, anchor athletics and it's great. It's, I mean, you're not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you're not going to find a better gym. Um, but because they're running their business and I'm running my business, there's, um, it's not, it's not, there's not a conflict of interest, but basically my guys, my clients can't come in unless I'm there, which yep. makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, but the goal is to open up my own spot. Um, it won't be, you know, this isn't going to be LA Fitness or even Planet Fitness. It, it's it's going to be, um, it's going to be less uh, Equinox and more Rocky Four oh, yeah. is my, you know, my thinking. Um, and uh, that's the goal. We're raising money. You know, it's it's a it's a nonprofit, so every donation is fully tax deductible and um i'm working on some grant proposals right now um try to get some government and uh federal and state contracts and um, but to get there i'm trying to raise just grassroots type stuff i mean you donated i appreciate that and a lot of my lifting buddies have donated and you know doing different things to help um skiba's selling me a like a pretty sick uh, power rack bench combo at a discount um so that's pretty that's pretty awesome so stuff like that is going to help open up the new spot and from there the government contracts should be the proposals should be more attractive and from there uh yeah just keep growing i mean we're, this is new hampshire I'm, I'm focused on new hampshire right now and 
our spot right now is in Concord. I want that second smaller spot to also be in Concord. So I have, we have two going in Concord and then Manchester and like Portsmouth area, Seacoast, and then something up north. And for those, for people not familiar with New Hampshire listening to this, <laughs> sorry, but that, you know, that, you know, that's, uh, those are the spots I'm thinking. And eventually, um, you expand beyond New Hampshire, you know, the, uh, Addiction isn't going anywhere, unfortunately. I think I, I think a big dent can be made, but I think um, it's gonna take it it's gonna take more than one thing. It's got it takes more than AA. It takes more than going to therapy. It takes more than you know. It, it, it's it's a tapestry. It's not there's not one silver bullet. Like I said, if there was, someone would have invented it. Someone would be a billionaire off of selling that pillar, writing that book. Yeah, um, it takes a lot, and I'm trying to be part of that part of that uh you know tapestry quilt if you will yeah and i think it's awesome what you're doing um i guess maybe if you can like let people listening know like where they can donate if they if they're interested if they want to reach out or anything like that sure yeah um the website is uh ironhelixfitness.com um but the most direct way to donate is well there's a link there but there's uh, a link in my bio on Facebook and Instagram. I'm old, so I don't have like TikTok or whatever. I don't know. There might be a way to donate on TikTok. I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, definitely on Instagram and Facebook. Um, my handle on uh, Instagram is Iron underscore underscore Helix. But if you Google Connor Boyle Iron Helix, it's it's all there. Um, and there's there's a link to donate to a GoFundMe. Um, and all the proceeds go to expanding into a new spot. Like I'm not paying myself with this money. Yep. Um, hopefully someday I can pay myself. I haven't paid myself yet. Um, all the, but all the money is going to making more hours and more equipment and more locations available to a lot of guys and, and, and women that need it. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I know for a lot of powerlifters, like powerlifting in the gym in general is kind of like their escape from reality or therapy. Like, um, for me it's like it's my own therapy like i know regular therapy there's benefits from that but like it's kind of the idea of it's like a escape from reality so i think um what you're doing is great and i think it's a a great connection for someone to start building yeah and it's funny you say that like escape from reality i don't see it as escape from it is reality like you're not going into a different dimension like that like and i mean that as like in a good way i don't mean i'm not like challenging you there it's more just like no that is reality like that is like you are in the moment there's no no you know it and most of the people listening to this are lifters so um they know it like you're never more in the moment than when you have a pr on your shoulders yeah or there's you know there's you know whatever the weight is for you 100 200 700 pounds over your face like there's nowhere else to be but in the moment like that's life like life is happening every second of your day and, and and if you can be in that moment that's a good thing i think a, a lot of addiction comes from anxiety and depression like self-created anxiety and depression yeah. like be, be, because we get so in our heads we get so worked up but what's going to happen in the future and we have all these again like fabricated realities about what other people might be saying or what other people might be thinking and none of that's none of that's really real yeah it, 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 it but but being under the bar is real. So that's it's an it's an escape from all the bullshit. It's not an escape from reality, in my opinion. And it's peaceful and it's simple and there's concrete progress. 
and it's yeah it's it's an escape but i think it's an escape that brings you into reality because you're in the moment there's nowhere to go and and what i what i also like about powerlifting and and how it parallels recovery and life really is you can have all the spotters and all the loaders and all the all the safety you know all the safety precautions in place but no one can help you complete that squat yep. i mean they can they can pick up the bar and put it back in the hooks but you are the only one who's going to make or miss that squat yep and that's I, and and ultimately that's that's what recovery is like you can have all you can have all the resources at your disposal and you should use them and those are great things and iron helix is one of those but ultimately it's on you and you can let you you learn that lesson in the gym and it translates to recovery yeah, I mean, I think that's there's so many parallels to draw from powerlifting to like the real world. So many lessons to be learned, and like one of my favorite things, I I don't know who I've heard it from, but it's kind of like the weights don't give a fuck. Like no one, the weights aren't going to change because you're sad that day or you're being anxious. Like the weights, the weight, deal with it. It's absolutely right. And um, similarly, like you deadlifted six hundred pounds, uh, you know, last month. Great, you didn't lift it this month yet. Yeah. And like, oh, you didn't go to the liquor store yesterday? Congratulations. You still gotta not go today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh it's like you said, there's a lot of parallels and I, it's pretty cool. So like it's a it's a it's it's been a really easy um not easy, it's been a really um I don't know, complimentary way to talk recovery and in an environment that isn't just AA, yeah. you know. For sure. <clears throat> All right. So I think uh, to wrap things up here, we'll ask my uh, question of if you could give a new powerlifter or someone going into their first meet a word of advice, what would it be? Um, you know, it's always the cliche, have fun, open light. Um, and that's true. But uh, it'd be it, 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 echoing what we kind of talked about earlier. If this is the mes- best meet you ever do, um, then you quit. If it's not the best meet you ever did, then don't worry about it. So just get out there and swing. Yeah. Honestly, like, so you don't want to bomb out. Well, yeah, you don't want to bomb out, but like that won't be the end of the world because if if you love it, you'll keep doing it. Um, and you know, fall in love with the process, not the result. That that goes for all things in life, right? Like, if you, if you enjoy the process, if you love the process, the results take care of themselves. If you don't love the process, you're going to quit, um, or get burned out. Uh, if you get burned out, you become addicted, and then you just go to Iron Helix. So I guess do whatever you want to do. I'll get another client. I joking but yeah um yeah ultimately like get in there and take a swing like you're like you're it's a long-winded way of saying i guess the one piece of advice would be you are ready for the meet yep you're you're ready for the meet right now you're ready for your first meet right now awesome do it just get just get on the platform yeah awesome well i want to thank you for taking the time to come on um sharing who you are and about iron helix um hopefully i wish you the best with the growth this year both as a powerlifter and with your uh, nonprofit. Uh, thanks for having. Thanks for having me, man. This has been great. I really appreciate it. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll chat after this. I'll see you soon and we'll lift soon. We'll lift together soon. For sure.